Welcome back, Fungo Banner fans, to part two with Coach Kevin Agnew, head coach at Pullman High School. We're fired up to have you back on for another episode of your Pacific Northwest Fungo Banner podcast. Eric Sorensen here, Kelly Gow and Jason Jarrett coming on here shortly, uh, along with part two with Kevin. Fired up to have him on, man. This has been a good one. We're excited about it. He was, uh, we got, got dive into the nuts and bolts of our, you know, some baseball talk here for, as we start to fire up for the new year. Hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. I hope you had a great and safe New Year's and New Year's Eve. Uh, I know that I was asleep and I woke up just in time to see that ball drop and go back to bed. So young kids and getting older, I guess, huh? But we're fired up for this one again, like I said, uh, in past episodes, February 3rd and 4th. Check out the Coaches Association, Washington State Coaches Association, putting on a clink there in Moses Lake, Washington at The Six Facility. Go check it out. $50 for one coach, $100 bring your whole staff for one last coach's getaway before the season starts. I know driving past my field at the high school here in Kittitas, I told my wife, man, two months away, and we'll be uh, going to practice every single day. Can't wait for it. Hopefully the snow clears off by then. But uh, So get out there and check out that clinic and be a part of the, you know, grow your network and be a part of the Coaches Association and get signed up for that. It's a great cause, a great way to build your circle around you and, and network for, you know, the great game that we love in baseball. And head off to uh, FungoBannerPNW.com. Check out our shop. There's a couple new shirts and logos on there. It's uh, We appreciate the support and the people that have bought those things already from us and some other Fungo Banner stuff on there as well. So, you know what? I've rambled plenty. It's time to listen to this. Thanks to Safeguard out of the Tri-Cities. If you do head to that clinic, there'll be some Fungo Banner gear given away, and they made most of it. So, great, great people, the sponsors of the podcast, and Without further ado, let's go ahead and bring on Coach for Part 2 with Kevin Agnew, Pullman High School. Now, I want to kind of shift Coach now into the that high school infielder. Um, what, what are the things that you guys use at Pullman that, that, that really work really well for you guys in development? of that incoming freshman. Um, and maybe it's not so many, maybe even some of those things you could share with us that you've tried and, and didn't quite work out. But, you know, a lot of us, you know, at uh, Tracy Prep, we're a 2B school. You know, of course, we don't get every kid that comes in as a supernatural talent. Um, we've got kids that maybe just have a year in or a year two of Little League Baseball, you know. Um, so even for that that high school coach out there that's listening, it has that small school program. It doesn't really have those high numbers to – possibly do those possibilities of, you know, having, you know, like an MCC or like an Ellensburg, all, you know, 30 stud athletes coming out. Um, so what are the things that you've seen that work for you guys? Yeah. Um, you know, this is a big one. I, I, I think, you know, my, my biggest passion outside of kind of program development and those sorts of things as a coach is, is coaching infielders. I love it. I, I get excited every day to go out with those guys. And, um, you know, we talk about some of the monotony that would set in with some of our practices in high school and stuff like that. But even that, we used to love that we'd compete with each other and get after it and have fun. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that, um, coaching infield at the high school level too is, is really important. Um, you know, I think you can win and lose a lot of games, especially with your second baseman, your shortstop and your third baseman. Um, and outside of your catcher, I think it's, it's probably the most important defensive position out there besides your pitcher and your catcher. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's huge for me. And, you know, one of the first 
first question is, is where do we start? You know, what, what and who are we working with? Um, like you said, do these kids just show up after a year or two of playing or, or you know, are they a, an all league guy coming back? And so we kind of start with the same things every year and build a foundation with those guys. And, you know, are, are they varsity guys? Are they sub varsity guys? And are those skills going to be transferable? What are the priorities going to be at each level? And we kind of, kind of try to think through some of those things. And the reality of it is, you know, we only get two weeks to get them ready. Some of these kids, you know, might play in hoops right now and they don't even pick up a glove until, until we get to them. And so you have that and then, you know, you're likely going to be the second or third guy that they've heard, you know, for your kids that are, are really good kids that are, that are wanting to go play and things like that that are going to camps and stuff. You're going to be the next voice that they hear because they might be coming off of a, like a winter infield program or something like that. And so you've got that communication piece and then, you know, your facilities and your weather and all those other things that you need to do. And, um, you know, one of the questions I asked myself over there, are we getting enough ground balls? You know, I think they just, they need to get reps, 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 reps. And, you know, for me, it's, it's kind of that, that process of, are we getting enough reps? Um, are we getting enough competition and pressure on them in terms of, you know, having kids run down the baseline while they're throwing or putting them on a stopwatch or whatever we're doing and, kind of balancing the competition and, and speed of the game part with that fundamental rep part. And those are things that we work on. Um, you know, our priorities, one of the big things I say to my kids all the time, it's not what we do, it's how we do it. You know, everybody does a short hop routine. Everybody has a throwing program. Everybody has daily drills and things like that. It's, it's not about what we do. It's about how we do it. And, you know, I think you can, you know, for new coaches and stuff, I think you can have a million drills or you can have three. And if you get your kids to buy into the importance of doing them and they do them at a high level and they take pride in how they do them, um, you're going to be successful. And so that's a big thing for me. Um, we, we want to play good catch. Uh, obviously everybody in this game wants to play good catch. It's the fundamental part of it, but you know, we spend a lot of time talking about the importance of that and you can see, with teams, when you walk out there, guys are catching one-handed and throwing off their back foot and stuff like that. And I always kind of rub my hands together because we know we're going to go get those guys because it's not important to them. And so I talk to my guys about that all the time, the importance of playing catch and doing it right. Um, one of my big big things that I talk to my infielders about is getting their right foot down and, and getting it down and balanced and getting it down quickly and on time. And then getting a good hop. You know, we spend a lot of time reading hops and their footwork and their glove work to get good hops and, and um, you know, we'll do different drills or we'll just put them on the, on the line and we'll hit ground balls and they'll count hops as they go. And they'll have to see how that, how that sets up and how their hops get smaller as they go or, you know, big hops come and shoot and things like that. So we talked to them about getting, you know, hop one is kind of your basic short hop. It's an easy one to catch. Hop three is the ball coming down. It's like candy hop and hop two is that tweener. And we tell them we want to avoid hop two and we want to use our foot, and our glove work to go get hop one or hop three. Um, so we spent a lot of time talking about reading hops and, and that, um, you know, our ready position, you know, getting in rhythm with the pitcher, our, you know, prep steps, whatever you want to call it, our approach. Um, I'm still a believer in the triangle and getting guys in that, in that fundamental position. Um, and then their finish, you know, I, one of the biggest things I see when kids get to us, you know, at every school I've been to is they don't follow the ball when they throw. And that's kind of a new concept for them. And that's something we spent a lot of time drilling into their head is follow the ball, stay on it. Um, and then we talk a lot about, you know, understanding situations, communicating is another big one. 
you know, for whatever reason, I would say there's a place where, where kids have changed a little bit is they don't want to talk on the field, you know, and I remember growing up, we always talk, we were constantly talking and um, that needs to be a big priority for us this year. You know, as I'm thinking about my kids and, and our infield in particular, we need to talk more, we need to communicate more. Um, so that's a big one. Um, and, and, you know, we kind of with our infield, we, you know, I'll, I'll talk more about this when we get into practice planning and stuff, but we'll, we have a day every day where we work on our, our individual stuff. And so, um, you know, one of the first things we'll do is quick hands. And, you know, when we go through our throwing routine, our infielders uh, will get in their triangle, put the ball in their glove, and so they'll work their exchange and throw and follow. And then on the backside as they're receiving, they're working their footwork for relays. Um, so we start there and then we come in and do rundowns every day because all of the guys in our program at the two-way level pitch. So every single guy in our program is going to have a rundown at some point. So we do that every day. Uh, and then we'll go quick hands with our infielders. Um, we'll do a drill I call gauntlet. We have uh, turf kind of walkways off the side of our field and I'll put the kids on their knees and so they got their hand out and they're on their knees and there'll be three guys throwing to them. So it'll be kind of a four man drill and they're just throwing that in between hop at them and the kids have to, you know, get comfortable getting their chin out and reaching out to the ball and picking it up and they, they pick and they throw back right away. And as soon as the ball snaps to that guy, the next guy's throwing. So they got to think and they got to move um, and they get a bunch of short hops that way. And then um, we do a drill that, that I got from Bill Stubbs years ago that I call Santana drill. And, and one of the biggest pieces, you know, I'd say communication um, and getting their footwork down. And then the other one is, is getting up into the ball and charging the ball, whatever you want to call it, but attacking the baseball ball. And so Santana, we, you know, we'll hold the ball up and the kids have to sprint at me. And then I hit them a fungus. So they got to break their feet down and come through the ball and get under control. And so we get them moving right away. And we'll do that Santana drill every day to start the season. And we kind of taper it back a little bit. That's a, that's an important one to me because it gets them up into the baseball, gets them attacking the ball. And then I'm, I'm really big on teaching kids to throw on the run. That's another one. I think that, that they don't get a whole lot of, you know, and obviously with coming out of little league and stuff, you know, on those fields, they don't necessarily have to, especially the bigger, stronger kids that are going to end up being your shortstops, the third baseman. They can sit back on the ball and throw guys out. And then you get to our level, they need to come and get the baseball. So, um, I have a, a series of things that I do where I basically am throwing them the ball and uh, I call it hop one on the run. And so they have to, I'll change, you know, the first one I'll, I'll just throw easy and they've got to come up and get their feet under them and time the ball up and they've got to scoop that short hop and then get their feet under them to throw on the run. And it's really hard for young kids because they, they want to split their feet and settle and throw every time, especially when you have them get that, that ball out in front off their left foot, but they start to get it. And then they, they get a feel for getting their feet underneath them and throwing on the run. And then I'll throw the ball really high up in the air. So they really got to break down and pick that hop and get the first one and then get themselves under control and moving toward their target and throw on the run. And then I'll throw it really hard at them, give them kind of that tweener and they've got to really stick their face down and, and go through the ball. And then they really got to get their feet going because they all want to pull up, you know, and, you know, being able to work through that. And so we do those three hop one on the run and then I'll, I'll have them, um, I'll say, okay, now we're going to, you know, split our feet and, and play catch. And so I'll throw a high hop where they got a field hop one to their glove side, and then I'll throw to their backhand side. And same thing, they've got to pick that hop and they've got to get hop one, and then they split their feet and settle and play catch and follow their throw. And so that takes us, you know, five minutes every day. Um, but I, I think it's a hugely important series that we go through. 
And then um, I took a drill from Trent Mongaro, that three-step, five-step, where they're working on crossing over and getting their glove side and their backhand side and getting in front of the ball. So we do that. Um, and then we'll go into our throwing drills. Um, and I got a bunch of different ones that I'll do with them, um, you know, from going like four-corner type stuff to, to doing relay work or rundowns if we need to, um, to some different um, around-the-horn stuff where they'll catch and tag and clear their feet. I think that's a really important one that we do quite a bit. That, and I, I make them tag and I make them clear their feet to the next base every time because they always want to sit and throw off their back foot. And I think it's important to get them going toward their target. So a lot of that stuff is focused on their, on their feet. Um, and I think, you know, again, for, for young infielders where I would start with those guys, whatever you're doing um, would be with their feet, getting up into the baseball, attacking the baseball, um, getting them to communicate and talk to each other. Um, and then getting them to read hops and understand what that looks like and get that right foot down and, and going. So that's where we go. And then, you know, some days we'll, we'll go into mass fungo and, and, um, hit a bunch of balls at them and stuff. Some days we'll, we'll go what I call quarters. Another one I stole from my dad where it'll be like a one pitch drill and guys are hitting, hit and run in our middle infields out there with guys bearing down on them, running the bases and they got to turn double plays as guys are hitting hard ground balls in the, in the holes and things like that. So we'll go into some of that kind of stuff and get them live stuff. I like to put guys on the bases and, and have them kind of, um, time it up. So they're sliding into the base, right. As guys are turning double play or they're, taken off from home and um, the first baseman feels them bearing down on them when we're hitting routine ground balls and stuff like that. So the first couple of weeks we'll do a lot of, of rep stuff. And then after that, it's all, it's all guys on base or quarters or things that are putting pressure on those guys and make them come get the ball and, and feel that game speed. So that's kind of, you know, our infield plan. Um, you know, we spent time talking to them about, levels and, and positioning and understanding when we're in, when we're back and, and how we're attacking that, you know, there's nothing worse than bringing your kids in to cut a run and then throw the first without looking at the guy at third, you know, and it's, it's one of those things you have to practice. You have to talk to them. You have to tell them this is why we're doing this, you know, um, or, you know, you have them at level four depth. That's our deep depth to throw the ball across and get it out and they throw home and the guys both are safe, you know? And so we spend time talking about what that looks like and, where they need to be positioned um and we make them dive you know we teach them how to dive that's one thing we do early on and you know we make them get out there and dive for the ball and, and it's one of those things where if you expect them to do it i believe you got to teach them to do it first and um i think diving is important for an infielder so that's kind of what we do so talk to us a little bit about and it's actually something that i learned at a coach's clinic in washington state which we might talk about later just wanted to throw that out there for people that might be heading to Moses Lake here in a little bit, but uh, you know, the, everything you've just talked about and, and it's, it's great stuff. It's phenomenal. And, and I like the part where you talked about how, you know, everybody's got their drills, but it's how you're intent on doing it and, and structuring all this whole thing. And, and I know something I learned at the clinic up in Mount Vernon years ago as assistant coach is, you know, breaking your season down in thirds and, and then how you go about your practice planning. But, you know, Talk about how much you dedicate. I mean, is it a daily fundamental to more? Do you break the, then go into the more of the big uh, game like situations? Do you do designated days of that? Do you, how do you go about structuring this whole thing where, you know, practice planning is so huge? If you don't have a good practice plan, you don't have a structure, and the, the kids are just going to, they'll eat you up. So, you know, just kind of dive into that a little bit. I think practice planning is really important for high school coaches, you know, and I think that's 
that's a way we can keep kids uh, excited about what we're doing and keep numbers up. I think it's a way that you can, you know, really develop your program um, is to be organized and have a plan. And I think the really good coaches do a really good job with that. And, you know, I, I listened to Augie Greedo a long time ago and he, he talked about kind of developing that fundamental um, everyday type drill where it's regimented and you're working through that fundamental from football and, and then tempo and, and rhythm and movement from basketball and kind of combining those different sports into, you know, baseball and how he planned his practices out. And I always thought about that. And I, I think there was a lot of that in our high school program, you know, because our high school coach was, was our football coach and baseball coach. And so he, he ran a lot of this stuff in baseball, like he ran in football and that you felt that same kind of regiment and that same kind of work. And, um, I've kind of taken a little bit of that as well. And I, I think having structure, having a plan for everything you do is important. Um, you know, I think especially like if you're talking about youth league coaches and younger coaches is keeping kids moving, um, and having them doing a lot of different things. You know, I, 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 I can't stand when you go out and you see 13 kids standing in the outfield and one hitting, you know, it's, I know there's a time and place for batting practice and it's important, um, but doing it in a way where you're going to have a lot of kids moving around and doing things I think is, is really important. And, and, you know, it's, again, it's another one of those things where you can go out and get lots of ideas from lots of different places. And um, it's something that as a, as a coach, you got to really work at and continue to, to get better at. So, you know, for me, I, I'm at the middle school, so I'm busting across town. I, I pick up my girls from daycare and drop them. And, you know, so I'm rolling in and the kids are usually already there. My assistants are usually already there and, so the first thing that we kind of try to do is, is um, post our plan. You know, I walk right in and post it up. And, and so the kids kind of know what's expected. The practice is outlined for them. They're, they're ready to go from that standpoint. They know what field jobs they need to do. You know, the first week we teach them their, their pre and post practice stuff and, and what's expected of them with that and how to take care of the field and where we put our equipment and all that. So that's sort of where it starts. And then we get into the dugout. And we kind of have what I've called a mental minute. Sometimes it'll be a quote we'll talk about. Sometimes it'll be, you know, what's going on, that sort of stuff. You know, we, we talked to him about, you know, that old Cherokee story where, you know, which, which wolf's going to win the battle says the grandson to the grandpa and it's the wolf that you feed. Right. And so I always start with that early in the year. I love that story. Um, so stuff like that, that hopefully gets the kids bought in. Maybe you reach a couple of them and, get them excited about what's going on. And then we send them out to the line and, and it's their turn to kind of get focused and talk about what we do. And, and, you know, we, we do that heads up baseball going on a mission, you know, where we talk about why we play and what kind of player we want to be and all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, we kind of remind them of that. And we post that up for them in the dugout as well. And, and their job is to go out onto the line and, and kind of get ready for practice and leave all the stuff that's gone on during the day there and get inside the lines and go. And so, we make them put their gloves on the line and line that up and, you know, do those little things and they break and we run stretch throw and kind of an old school way. We do a dynamic stretch routine and they're moving and stuff. Um, but I still think it's important for them to have a couple of minutes to stretch and, and kind of talk and, and have some fellowship and stuff. And, you know, again, we talk to them about our expectations. It's not just a BS session, but it's also, you know, time for you guys to kind of talk to each other about what's going on and, what's moving. And then, you know, that's pretty consistent. They know what to expect. I think that's important because, you know, at the high school level, you got coaches coming in from other places and, and some, you know, a kid might be taking a test or whatever else. And so the first half hour of practice, I think the more um, 
kind of consistent you can be with that, the better off you're going to be or the, the more success I've had with it because kids kind of know what to expect when they come in. It's the same way when I teach. They kind of know what to expect when they come in the classroom. I think that creates some, some confidence for them when they come in if, if things are a little chaotic. Um, and then we go uh, after our, our running and stretching, we go into um, some base running stuff in the outfield. And, and on one day, we'll do reads and leads at first. And so we'll have one pitcher, you know, they'll get their reads off him and then I'll point down for ground ball up for fly ball and they're just reacting. Um, and then on the next day we'll go vaults from second base. We're working on our leads and, and timing off of guys stealing third base and um, picking up different looks and timing and things like that. Uh, and then we'll throw and, and we, you know, we have a throwing routine that we'll do on practice days where, you know, I'll, I'll time it and, and, you know, they'll press back to 120 feet and do their long toss and stuff. And on game days, we let them kind of be more loose and they get ready how they need to. Uh, but on the practice days, you know, they there's a lot of stuff that incorporates uh, arm circles and, and things like that and throwing on the run um, that I think are kind of some fundamental pieces that, that they need to work on. And then they'll they'll get into their position-specific throwing. And it's pretty simple. You know, it's the, it's the infielders working on their triangle. It's the catchers working on throwing guys out at second base and third base. And it's the outfielders are coming through ground balls and fly balls and working on their crow hop and stuff. So it's, it's pretty straightforward. Um, and then, you know, like I said, we, we do rundowns every day. I'll put the JV guys between first and second and they'll run down the varsity will run down between, um, third and home. And, uh, it's just quick. It, it's, you know, there's not a lot of, um, you know, competitive base runner trying to get those guys out. And it's just a fundamental of getting the ball out of your glove really and how we call for the ball and things like that. So they get comfortable with that. Um, and then we'll go into some sort of base running. You know, like Coach mentioned jumps. You know, we, we'll send three pitchers out there to throw strikes and our catchers will throw guys out and our middle infielders will work on their tags and our first baseman's there and the rest of the guys are all working on their steel jumps and we rotate through that. Um, and then we'll, you know, if we're not doing that, we go through some sort of base running routine, you know, going hard through first base or rounding first or whatever that looks like. Um, and then we'll go into our NDD stuff and then uh, into our group D stuff. Team D, uh, whatever that looks like. Um, you know, on day one, we'll usually go, you know, rundowns pregame, NDD, group D, and then our one pitch drills that are working on, you know, whatever that, that focus is for the day. And then we'll go, you know, 21 outs on, on the clock. Um, so what I do is I just tell them, you know, you guys have this amount of time, how many outs can you get? And then I usually, that's usually seven or eight minutes. And then we'll say, okay, you got 19. Let's see if we can get 25 or something like that and kind of speed it up on them a little bit. And then we'll go into cages and batting practice and condition. Um, and we'll either go through a base running routine where we'll hit a single double triple home run, or, um, we do a thing I call Texas BP where the kids will be at first and third and home in three different teams. And so they'll hit, have to chase the ball and they get points for that. So they, they love doing that. And then on the second day, um, you know, we'll go vaults at second, rundowns, um, jumps, NDD, and then some sort of team D, first and third, pop-up communication, relays, bump D, whatever that looks like. And then I do a drill I call situation hitting um, live defense. And so we'll put a live defense out there. I usually have 12 kids. Um, so three or four are hitting, um, the rest of them are in the field. It gives me a chance to work kids in at, at two positions. So if we got a guy, you know, plays second and left, we'll have him at both spots and then he'll go hit his third time through. We usually give him three situations for that. We play everything out live. So we'll put guys at, you know, first and second and say there's, you know, one out and they got to kind of work their way through that. 
the hitters are usually a one-one count. And they're hitting the ball hard and, and trying to drive the ball, and the defense is reacting and communicating and, and finishing the play. Um, and so we'll kind of do that on the opposite day. Um, so usually, like we play on Wednesdays this year, so we'll, we'll go on on Monday. We'll do situational hitting light defense practice and then on tuesday we'll usually do bp practice before our game and then thursday we'll do practice one and friday we'll do our bp practice again before we go into our game on saturday so that's kind of how i break that out um and so that you know i'll i'll pick and choose things that we need to work on um but you know i'm a big believer that you've got your throwing your base running your ndd your team d your indie offense and your team offense and I try to incorporate those six things into every practice that we, that we do. And I'm a big believer in checklists. I've got, I've got checklists for every position for hitters, for our mental game, for our program expectation stuff that we want to talk to them about. Um, and I, I just go through all those checklists and make sure that we're hitting those things consistently throughout the year. And I think that's one of the unique things about baseball and about practice is, is you, you, you have to hit everything. You know, in football, you can go plan for certain things and you can go, you know, work on certain things. And in baseball, you got to prepare those kids for everything that can come up in those games. And that's hard. And, and you've got to make sure that you're hitting those things consistently and, and doing a good job of that. So, you know, again, getting back to that, it's not what we do, it's how we do it. And, and a good friend of mine, Tony Wolden, up at, at Mount Vernon, I, you know, I said, how do I get these guys over the hump? How, how am I going to get Kamiak moving in the right direction? And he said, you, you just, you teach championship habits in your daily routines. And I've, I've always remembered that. I think that's so important and it gets that idea of it's not what we do, it's how we do it. And then balancing reps and competition and execution. You know, we, we challenge them with things like rewarding them for stuff or shortening up conditioning or there's consequences. You know, when we bunt, we tell them you get, you know, two mistakes. And if you make a third mistake, we're running or we're, you know, shutting things down or whatever that looks like. Cause I think in, in baseball, you can make a couple mistakes and bounce back and keep working. And I don't, I don't want to create an environment where we make one mistake and kids shut down and think we've, we've, you know, done ourselves in, but I want them to have, you know, a couple mistakes they can get through. And then that third one, there's some pressure on that kid to step up for his teammates and, and not have to go run or whatever that looks like. And, um, so we like to create that that kind of competition and that pressure for them. And then, you know, like I said, the checklists are important. Weaving different themes in, like mental game and that sort of stuff is important. And um, trying to make sure that, you know, kids are moving and, and enjoying what they're doing, especially early when it's cold, you know, and, and doing those kinds of things. That's a lot to unpack for us there. And appreciate you being an open book with us about everything you do. And, and I think the one thing that, you know, I don't envy on, on your guys' end of things is uh, just how little time you have. And and I think what what you kind of laid out there is just you have to be that disciplined with, with what you do at the high school level or and really prioritize what's most important to you. And that changes from coach to coach. And that's probably the joy of, of you guys going out and playing in the spring is you're not sure what, what each team values more than the next one. Um, but you have to have that organization and schedule. You don't have the the six weeks that we do in the fall and off season training, and and then a you know another full month build up for the year with you know practices throughout the year. It's it's just different. And and um, I've always appreciated hearing the coaches that come on here that are really really you know, strict with with how they want to do things, right? And I think that there's time for variance there. We kind of talked about it earlier about. 
you know, the, the kids today being a little bit different with attention spans and whatnot, you, you have to be able to mix it up. I mean, even for us, it, we get a little mundane in what we're doing. You have to have something new or some new, you know, something on the line or whatever that is, or they get bored really quick because they're used to moving on to the next thing. I mean, you keep your, your priorities and what's important um, there, but at the same time, you have to have some variety for that. But um, with that limited time, you know, where do you kind of prioritize your offensive instruction with what you're doing with guys? Um, is it, you know, specific cages are working on different things where live is there? Um, is it more mental based, more mechanic based? I know it's really tough to to break a kid down and change a swing over the course of two weeks preseason, but, you know, kind of how do you manage that instruction with with your guys and I'm not sure if you do summer work with your guys too. That's probably where you maybe do a lot more of your teaching there, but um, how do you go through the, the, the hitting instructions with guys that come through your, your program? Yeah, that's, that's a big one. Um, you know, I think the hitting part is, is really tough too um, because kids all have kind of a different way they want to do things. And so not only are you working in a very limited amount of time, um, you also you were dealing with 15 to 18 year old kids that, that they swing the way they swing, and they've been doing that now for six, seven years. And you're not going to go in and change that right away. And so, yeah, you know, I think that's a big part of it too. There's there's only so much we can do, not only in the, the, the preseason but also throughout the season, you know. And so I think if we can if we can pump them up, get their minds right, and, and get them feeling confident. Um, I think that's a big place to start, you know, because, you know, as we all know, you go into a high school season, it's a sprint. And if you get a kid feeling good, he, he might not be the best hitter, but if he's feeling like he is, he's going to go have a good season. And so I, I think that's a big thing about it is, is to really get those guys pumped up. I, I'm really fortunate. I have a, a guy named Pat Doman, who's a, an assistant coach of mine. And his uh, he was down at Colton and won a whole bunch of state championships. And his dad's a Hall of Fame coach out of Moses Lake. His brother played professionally and a great baseball family. And, and he kind of, took my hitters the last couple of years and just ran with them. He does just a tremendous job with those guys. And so that's one thing, you know, if, if young coaches and stuff are listening, like find yourself a guy that can work with pitchers, find yourself a guy that can work with hitters and let those dudes do their thing and, and put them to work. Um, Cause then it frees you up to work on other things. You, you might, they might not necessarily be able to do or that you find important. And um, you know, it can, you can, send a kid down for 30 minutes during a practice to go work one-on-one with the coach and get that stuff. You know, I think it's another thing about, you know, education and coaching and everything else is we're in a, you know, in an era where you can go get one-on-one training with somebody and there's no, it, it doesn't matter how good or bad that information is. There's, there's no, no there's no substitute for one-on-one training. You know, you're going to learn more from that than 30 on one training. It's just the nature of it. But as a, as a teacher or as a high school baseball coach, you, you don't, have a whole lot of one-on-one, you know, you, you have time where you're 15 on one or you're five on one, you know? And so as much as you can break that out and, and get your coaches time with those kids and, and, you know, it empowers your coaches and makes them feel like they're working and they're going to enjoy it. And, you know, it gives the kids another voice to hear and some different ways of doing things that you might not necessarily been able to get through to them. Um, I think you got to do that, you know, when we do our camps and stuff, we run camps in the off season for the, the kids under, under seventh grade, you know, that we're allowed to work with and the little league and stuff. And we spend a lot of time with mechanics with those guys, you know, and, and try to get them in the right spot. Uh, but for our high school guys, you know, we, we want them to, from a hitting standpoint, kind of have a, an understanding of the situation. 
you know, I think one of the things I hear all the time is, is, you know, kids don't do a very good job with something. Their coach yells, hey, have a plan or have an approach, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, you know, do they know what that means? You know, because I didn't. You know? And I'm thinking about, like, what What do you mean have a plan? You know, for me, it was always, you know, just go up and don't make an out. And that was, like, what I was hoping for. Um, I think a lot of our kids don't know what we mean when we say that. And so, we, you know, we talked to our kids about having a plan for us is knowing the situation and competing to win that situation, whatever that might be. Um, and so that, that's it. We try to keep it simple. Um, you know, from an offensive standpoint, we use a system that I, that I stole from a guy named Justin Deemer. He has a program called One Pitch Warrior, and uh, he does a tremendous job with this, his stuff. And we took a thing called Base 2, and it stands for big inning, answer back, score first, extend the lead, and score with two outs. And So what we try to do with that is we develop – an understanding of that. And we tell our kids, we want to get three out of five of that base two every game. That's our goal. And so, you know, we want to score first. So we're going to do what we can to put a run up on the board immediately. So we might lay down a bunt or we might ask you to hit and run or steal a base or whatever else. And so, our, you know, we kind of start talking to our kids about some of the strategies and things that we want to employ to get that run scratched out and play for that run. Same thing when we want to answer back or, you know, we want to extend that lead or whatever we're, we're trying to go for. Um, and then we have, you know, not a hugely different mindset, but a little bit different mindset when we're trying to go get that big inning. You know, we, we might take a pitch here or there or play something a little bit differently or be a little more selective when we're 2-1, when we're trying to get that big inning, we're trying to get base runners and drive the ball as, as maybe we would when we're, you know, trying to extend our lead or something like that. And so we try to use that base two to kind of talk to them about, you know, what the, the score is and what the inning is and, and how that changes our approach and our plan and, and what we're trying to do uh, when we go up and hit. So that that's really important to me, and I, I employ that right off the bat. We put that chart up in the dugout, and the kids go check off and we get the B and we get the A and everything else, the S and the E. They get excited about that, and it, it keeps them engaged in the game. It's important. So um, as far as, you know, working with, you know, got individual hitters and having a plan and stuff, it, you know, I used to do a lot with different counts and RBI situations and talking about first and third versus bases loaded and everything else. And I think it was a lot of paralysis by analysis with that sort of stuff. And, and for me, you know, you know, the kiss, kiss, keep it simple. Um, I, I think it's really important. And I think, I think the, the better you understand something, the more you can break it into simple terms for somebody. And so I've always tried to, to do that and try to know it so well that I can teach it in a very simple way um, to kids so that they can play fast. And, you know, again, I think that's kind of my football background as well. You know, if you have eight different coverages in, they're not going to play in them very well. We want them to play fast and play physical. And I think it's the same thing in baseball. We want these kids to play free and, and play fast and, and be confident. So, you know, we talked to them about when they have basically two different approaches, less than two strikes, we want them to go drive baseball. And when they have two strikes, we want them to adjust and hit with two strikes and battle and compete. And um, really, ultimately, we want them to go up there and, and try to hit the ball hard in the middle of the field. You know, get a good pitch, keep your nose on it, hit it hard in the middle is kind of our mantra. Um, and and I, I go back, you know, with some of that stuff that what Augie Grito used to say, he said there's two ways in baseball to make it about the team when you're hitting. And, and one of those things is a sacrifice blunt. One of those things is to, to – adjust yourself with two strikes and, and make that at bat more about battling and getting the ball in play and forcing the pitchers pitch count up and things like that. And so, you know, those are two things that are really important to us. And, and 
we spent a lot of time talking about both those things. Um, I'm a really big believer in machines, you know, especially the first couple of weeks. Um, we taper it off as the season goes. You know, I, I don't think I would put them out there on game day or anything like that, but I think it's really important to get spin and to get velocity early and get those reps. And, and again, it's, you know, as much as we can, we scrimmage in the spring and I know that's really hard. And I know you guys know what that's like to try to get scrimmages in and, and it's very challenging, but um, I think it's just as important to get velocity and get spin and, it's it's really important to use those machines, I think, so that you can get that early on and, and get that those reps and that timing. Um, and so, you know, those are kind of some of the things that we focus on, especially early, and and getting those things for them. When we talk to them about mechanics and stuff, you know, again, I, I had a clinic that I went to when I was really young, and the guy says, you know, I, I wouldn't teach any of your hitters to to look like Barry Bonds. He goes, I, I wouldn't take a freak like Barry Bonds and turn him into a normal hitter. Right. And I wouldn't turn a normal hitter into a freak, you know, let them be who they are. And I've always kind of believed in that maybe to a fault at times. Um, but, uh, the things we do kind of focus on with them is, is we call it their set, you know, their stance, having good balance, no extremes, right. You know, you're not going to have your hands way up doing some of these things that, that we see on TV and stuff, but we have some dry drills that we go through that focus on their stance and being balanced and, and getting in rhythm. And the second one is, is separating, um, you know, their load and their stride and their decision-making and again, keeping things simple with this and, and getting them into an athletic position. A lot of these kids, like I said, play football and wrestle and play basketball and stuff. And so we put it into terms like, you know, if you're going to shoot a free throw, you're going to get, you know, shoulder width apart and bent knees and ready to go. And same thing when you tackle or take a guy down and same thing when you hit, you got to be athletic and ready to go. So we don't spend a ton of time changing them or anything like that. We do have a few things that, that are important. And, um, you know, with the swing is kind of the third piece. We talked to them about making a U shape with their hands, um, staying away from a V shape. You know, one of the things I see a lot of problems with kids is they, their hands are in and out of the zone so fast and, there's some reasons that that happens. And so we focus more on kind of trying to fix those things than to teach the kids to all fit into like a cookie cutter hitter, you know, instead we look and say, okay, you know, why, why aren't you making that U shaped path? Why are you getting in and out of the zone so fast? So oh, it's your front shoulder. Let's work on that a little bit or something like that. So, you know, we wanted to have a firm front side, keep their hands inside the ball, you know, whether you say knob to the ball or attack the inside half or whatever, and then they're finished, you know, their extension through the baseball. And again, I use that U shape, not V shape, because I think you know, some of the best hitters at this level, they stay on the baseball and they stay through the baseball and they're able to finish. And, um, you know, we spend a lot of time trying to get guys to do that. So, you know, like I said, rather than saying, here's how we're all going to hit, you know, it's, it's more of here's kind of three things that we want you to work within and here's some drills to do that. And then, we focus on some of those big issues that pop up and, and, you know, two of the big issues with, with lower half at our level is guys drifting out onto their front foot um, or guys not getting their back hip through. And and so those are things that we'll look for. And, and you know, we've got some drills and things that we'll do to, to try to make that better and, and make it so it's not hurting their swing. Um, and then with their upper body, there's some problems that we see all the time. It's, you know, arm barring or taking that front arm and straightening it out too much or pushing it out away from your body and getting your hand out front of your front elbow or um, casting their hands out around the ball or their front shoulder flying hands dropping is one we see a lot. And so again, 
all of that stuff, you know, it comes back to that U shape versus that V shape. And Hey, you're, you're, you know, you got to get that U shape going and you're not able to right now because your front shoulder's flying and here's some fixes that we can do to, to try to, you know, limit that a little bit and then play to your strengths a little bit more. And so that's kind of our focus with our hitters. Um, you know, again, like I said, early on, especially get them, get them velo, get them spin. So they get comfortable with that. They get their timing. Some of these kids come to us not having swung a bat at all, as you know. Um, and then uh, get them thinking about two-strike adjustment and, and really competing and, and giving themselves up for their team and, and you know, being a part of that mentality when they need to. Um, and then just focusing on those three simple things and, and trying to get their hands down through the inside half of the ball and um, staying on the ball as long as they can. Man, that's that's I'm I'm running out of room on my notepad here, Coach, uh, taking notes from this thing. So we start to wrap this thing up. I, I know that's something I've been really fortunate that I was asked to help you guys out and and to be able to be a part of planning this clinic with you and Brian Jackson, the president of the Washington State Baseball Coaches Association. But let's dive in a little bit. We've mentioned a few times that you know we've the things we've learned at clinics and there's a pretty cool clinic being planned right now in Moses Lake, Washington, February third and fourth. At the six, uh, you know, the, I tell the people, you know, you've been putting out some really cool social media posts lately of the guys that we have coming to talk to this thing. And I know we got a fun, if you, people can be at the, the 10 pin in and suites for their hotel and, and we'll work on a coach's social for afterwards and, and a great opportunity for people to get there with their coaching staff as we go into this, the 2023 season. Yeah, no, I, well, first off, thank you. Cause had you not come on board, I don't know that this would have happened. So, <laughs> you know, Brian, Brian and I, um, we have been talking about doing something like this for a long time. And then, you know, COVID threw a big wrench in that. And, um, you know, me being over here in a, in a new community, getting my own program started kind of threw a wrench in that. And then he, you know, I think he, all three of us sat down and kind of talked about it and, you know, we, the next day I said, well, you know, now we got a guy that's kind of over there closer to where we want to be, you know, you know, you've been able to get over there and check out the facilities and stuff, which is huge. So I appreciate that. And finally, Brian just said, let's just do it. You know, we can wait around, we can try to make it perfect, but let's just go. And so we, we pulled the trigger and, um, we got some awesome speakers lined up. Uh, Alex Sherman over at Mount Spokane just does a tremendous job and is just a great person. He'll be a great speaker. Grant Richardson actually was a roommate of mine back at WSU. Um, he was one of the best hitters that I've ever been around. Uh, played professionally for a little bit and has been at Richland now for a while and won a state title with them. And so he's going to talk about hitting, and I think that's going to be just great. Um, Coach Weibel over there at North Kidsap is coming, and you know he's a head football and baseball guy. He just played for a state championship in football and has won multiple league titles over there at North Kitsap in baseball too. So he's going to come talk about team defense, which I'm really excited to hear because North Kitsap is, is good every single year. Um, and then coach Tonkin is going to come talk about pitching. So we're going to get that old school approach and um, probably some great stories from him. And uh, coach has been around some really, really good baseball players over his years there at Shorewood. He's had a ton of success. So Really excited about, you know, the lineup that we've got going and the guys that are coming to be a part of it. Um, I hope I didn't leave anybody off there, but we're also going to do a leadership panel with you and Coach Jarrett that first night. <laughs> and Coach Aiken, Corey Aiken from, from West Valley, Spokane, they're going to come talk to us about uh, 
all things leadership. So we'll be able to flip the script a little bit and I'll have questions for you. And <laughs> um, I'm real excited about that. You know, I think it's, I think it's a really good start. You know, I, I've seen a lot of coaches getting signed up for this from around the state that I, that I know, and I'm really excited, you know, number one, to kind of get this thing going. And number two, to see some of these guys after COVID and making the move to the side of the mountains and stuff. So I'm really excited for this. I think it's going to be a really positive thing for our, our state association. You know, I think, um, you know, one of the things that I've always heard as, as being a young coach, I'm kind of getting into being a middle-aged coach now, but being a young coach, all the old guys used to always say, you know, we need more young guys in our, our association. And I, I, I think that's huge. I, I totally agree. And if we can continue to push that number up and, and get more guys involved with that, I think that's huge. And, you know, lastly, I just, I, I really enjoy going to clinics, you know, it's, it's fun. I, I remember my first clinic going with my dad was in Las Vegas and we walked in, there was a keg to the the right and the guy from the Yankees to the left. And I was like, man, I'm in, I love baseball. Here we go. So ours will look a little different than Las Vegas did for sure. But, uh, it's a, like you said, it's a tremendous facility over there. Um, that, that 10 pin, uh, hotel and, and restaurant getting involved is huge. They have a great operation over there and we got some really great people. And, and then we've got a, an opportunity. Uh, we wanted to make it real interactive, you know, so we want coaches to come with, with, questions we want coaches to come with ideas we want to learn from them as much as they learn from us and so we've got a hot stove session that we're going to run where, where we're going to have some different guys run around the diamond do some different things and have guys dive into that and bring their ideas and, and hopefully make it a real interactive um you know demonstration type of of clinic rather than sitting and taking notes you know which is good at times and you can get that in a lot of places we want this one to be real interactive it's on a baseball field it's uh, demonstrations and, and it's it's interactive like i said you know guys are bringing hot stove information things like that so i'm real excited about it and um yeah get onto the coach's site and get signed up absolutely i'm fired up about that whole uh well not to mention just getting the network and see everybody right and and we've been a part of yeah. it away from everybody for so long that and you can build those relationships and I, and I know that building relationships in this game makes scheduling non-league games so much easier that's a fact. Yes, so be there yes. with boots on the ground and, and not to be sitting at a table taking notes, which that has its place. But I know a lot of people are probably dozing off on in a nice warm room with taking notes at a clinic. So, you know, to be able to be hands-on in that facility, and that facility is just phenomenal. We're going to be releasing some videos yeah. of it here soon. And it's it's something that you walk in and it's you almost have that field of dreams effect when you walk into the six, that's for sure. Yeah, it is beautiful. That's for sure. Well, Coach, we uh, – we really appreciate you taking time. This has been a very enjoyable episode. I know that my, like I said, my notes, my notepad is, I hope I can read this one. I'll get back to take, look it over again, but uh, thank you for, for taking a couple hours out of your night tonight to come on with the fungal banner and, and become part of one of the fungal banner family. Yeah. I appreciate it guys. This, this has been a lot of fun. Um, it's always fun doing stuff like this because it, it makes you kind of reflect on what you do and, and pick out the things that you think are important and, it's, it's great development from that standpoint. So I appreciate you guys allowing me to come on and talk about the clinic and stuff. And uh, good luck this season for all you guys in your, in your own seasons. And good to see you guys. We appreciate that. Jason and Kelly and I will be right back to wrap this thing up. All right, we're back to wrap her up. Uh, our, our second episode of our interviews with Coach Kevin Agnew from Pullman High School. And that was a – hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Make sure you go back if you didn't listen to the first one. Go back into your where you're listening to this one at and look for part one with coach and guys. Let's uh 
let's wrap this thing up. I know Kelly's got some food to get to, and his cat keeps running across the screen, so I think it's time to get him on. So let's. how about Kelly, you lead us off? Yes, Mr. Binks has been hanging around this evening. He's getting a little wild and antsy. <laughs> He's the mascot of the fungal banner. We'll release that soon. We should. I got some good photos, obviously. <laughs> so do I. A good cat daddy has good cat photos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think that one of the reasons why we, we talked about having Kevin on and what I was excited is just going back to some of that. I mean, his dad was one of the more – he call it old school, but like discipline coaches that, that I ever played for. Um, and learned a lot of kind of that structure and, and stuff from him. And I still remember in, in high school too, that there was always, not always, a, a lot of times during the spring, there was other coaches from outside the area that were there watching our practice. You know, I don't know if it was recruiter. I think they were high school coaches just trying to pick up on some stuff that was going on there right having the state title and all that kind of brings some clout for for your program but you you definitely see the the discipline that that he has for his practice planning and the structure and and all that that goes in there and and i think you guys as well know that without structure i mean eric you mentioned earlier kids kind of go haywire they do their own thing they get bored they get bored really quick if there's not structure for for practices you know, and as a coach, it goes a lot quicker too. If there's smooth transitions and you preach how much we, you know, go from this drill to the next one, and we're going to have good tempo and pace, um, the old practice, like you play, right. If, if you're, if your practice is slow and lazy, then you're going to probably have a bunch of slow and lazy players when it comes to game day, and that's not going to win you ball games. So having that good pace of, of practice and Kevin mentioned it too, having the downtime too. I think that's important to identify times during practice, whether that's just start with 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 stretch to be able to talk out all their energy from the day and whatnot, or to have a structured you know water breaks or, or time where you know guys can decompress and and shoot the shoot the snot and um, you know be able to kind of just re, regroup there and and then get back focused. I think it's it's important to have that um, you know you're retaining the information you just had and you're preparing for the next next piece of things um and we talked about on here too posting your practice plan too and 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 so they can expect to know what's going on at each time they can kind of mentally rehearse it if you can have it out to them you know midday is is our goal to try to have it by noon for our practice in the afternoon so guys know you know what's going on mentally prepare is it a, a tough day is there you know conditioning at the end is there stuff on the line um, whatever that is, um, they know what the expectation is before they arrive at practice. There's no surprises, you know, and they're more prepared from from that standpoint going into practice. So um, it, it sounds like he's got a really good program put together there. And, and um, we've talked too about just how tough it is being a high school coach and, and especially at a smaller school um, where you don't get cuts, you don't get, you know, a, a, a chance to, you know, build a roster off a, a big high school um, that I was a part of growing up and others that I know listen we've had on the show have that luxury of picking the best players out of a group. No, it, it is what it is. It's, it's whoever's grown up in the town and, 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 you know, who is registered at your school. Um, and that's a challenge. It's a big challenge, especially someone that has a lot of experience to, you know, to have 
um, not have a pick of the litter of players. You really, really have to be a good coach and, and discipline from that standpoint to get the best out of your players um, from there. So, yeah, great conversation. I'm excited for what you guys are doing, and it's unfortunate you're not uh, doing it at a time where, you know, we're not in the middle of our practice schedule. Hopefully in the future it's something we'll have to be a part of and do some networking there, and I'm sure other college coaches locally would love to be a part of that too, just as much as you guys are building relationships with uh, – with um, you know your scheduling and that kind of stuff, we need it just as much for our recruiting side of things. Um, our high school coaches are you know our best recruiting guys, and um, whether it's a player on their team or, or someone within their conference, and having those connections throughout the the state really matters. So I'm um, looking forward to hearing about about that as as we get closer. And huge advocate of of uh, of always wanting to learn. You stop learning, you stop leading. It's so true, Kelly. Yeah, you know, having that consistency, the the preparation, you know, him talking about, you know, the fact that, you know, really it's not that that's building the toughness of the of these young athletes. And that's the thing is that, you know, what we're you know, we have this excuse that, you know, they're not as tough as what we used to be. Well, you know, not everybody's digging trenches with shovels anymore. You know, we have equipment, things revolve, you know, evolve, you know, things you know, we get smarter, we get, you know, understand uh, how we interact with people differently, you know, and the thing is, is that I really liked how uh, coach talked about, you know, the relationship aspect and, and not only that within the, the coaching world, but also just like the relationship with the player to coach, you know, understanding where they're coming from. And I think that's the really big thing is that as coaches, in order to be successful, you need to understand, you know, have that grid bond relationship between you know your players and you know even to add to that to have a relationship with the parents too i know some coaches are like hands off i don't talk to parents and i think that's kind of a big no-no uh the older i get you know the more i understand it that they're they're in your corner too um maybe they don't always see the way you want it you know like you do on the field but you know the thing is, is that um not everybody's going to see it the same way I, of an owner of a business is going to see uh, all the employees are going to see the same way as the owner does, you know? So, um, you know, coach is doing a great job there in Pullman. I'm super excited what he's going to bring in uh, this spring. And, you know, he, he he's phenomenal. Um, you know, the information that he, he brought to us tonight was solid. Just like you, Eric, I was, man, I got tons of notes, man. It's uh, good stuff. I'm going to carry into my spring season. And I appreciate Kevin a lot and what he's doing for the game of, and here for the state of Washington for our association. Yeah, and no, I, I diving into the the part two of the episode, it, it was so refreshing. And we're a big, I'm a big guy on of not having robots like everybody, most everybody is, you know. But teaching guys, you know, have their core fundamentals of hitting and how to to help a kid fix his swing in a way of not changing him completely. Because if you go through a full rebuild and you start that in the middle end of March or the middle of March. When's that kid going to see results? No, I've always been, someone once said that, you know, you get a kid in your program and he's hitting, you leave him alone. You let him do his thing. And I think the little triggers of whether it's keeping a front side in, uh, firing the back hip, or just the little things that you can do that's the fundamentals of the swing, getting your bat on plane, hitting the inside of the baseball. It's 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 always nice to hear that from other people, you know, in the, within the baseball coaching world of of what we're doing, right? Like Kelly talked about how it's, it's so much harder for us in a way because we only get them for three months. And, and 
in our situation, we only have the kids. Baseball is a priority for our kids for three months of the year. Maybe a couple of them will go on and play for two more during the summer or whatever it is. But, uh, you know, just understanding who your clientele is, who your players are, and coaching to what they are capable of doing. Uh, and, and one of the other reasons I was really excited when we brought up his name to come on to the podcast, and, and part one was, you know, Jason and I are, are two high school coaches who don't teach. And there's a lot, there's a few guys in our circle that, that don't teach, but they're coaches. And, and I always love picking the brain of the high school coach who's a teacher because what are we, we're teaching baseball. It's what we're doing. They, they know what it is dealing with kids day in and day out on, on a daily basis. And that's something that we don't get to do because I try to go to the school as much as I can, but our occupations don't, might not let us throughout the fall and the winter and family time. And, and I always thought, you know, if I were to go back to the, to school and I'm not going to go back to school. But if I were, is to get my teaching degree so that I could have more hands-on getting to know the kids personally, getting, making sure that I know them on a basis because especially today's kids, you know, they, we don't have the families that we did back in the day when I was going through school, when you guys were going through school, right? It's a different, it's a different world. It's a different clientele when the kids are going home at night and to realize we need to have even more of a relationship with our players knowing that they are dealing with different things than we ever had to deal with. Some people may not say that, but for me, it's my personal. I haven't had to deal with some of the situations that our players have to deal with when they leave at night, where they're going to sleep, what they're going to go home and eat. Like what, they're, di- they're facing different situations that uh, it's unimaginable. But, um, and that's where creating relationships and not only for lifelong with your players to, you know, when hopefully you get that wedding invite someday, but, but to know what they're going through each and every day, we can help them get through that situation. And if we, if they trust us to come to that, that's only going to help our baseball team be better because they know what they're getting when they come out to see coaches each and every day and, and to buy into the program. But guys, that was a fun one. I'm excited. Hopefully you guys all listen to it. Um, share with your friends. You got you, our, our loyal listeners out there. Let's try to grow this. Uh, some new listeners each and every time. Thank you to Safeguard out of the Tri-Cities. If you come to the clinic in Moses Lake, there's going to be a lot of fungal banner gear handed, not handed out, but it's going to be a door prize, and it's Safeguard that made that for us. Um, we're pretty fired up about having that. Make sure that February 3rd and 4th, you're at the 6th in Moses Lake, Washington facility, 10-pin in and suites. Call them. It's first come, first serve. I don't know if rooms are available, but give them a call. Tell them you're with the Washington State Coaches Association there for the baseball um, coaches clinic at the sixth facility. Get on our website, PacificNorthwestFungoBanner.com. We got some new shirts out, your PNW Tough Series. I know that the elements don't matter with us because if it's raining, the wind's blowing, if it's snowing, we, we have to get out there and find a way. So there's a little bit extra toughness for people up here in the PNW, and we want to make sure we – we get out there and check that stuff out on our website. So, guys, as always, it was enjoyable spending our evening with you. Uh, please interact with us on social media, our listeners out there, and let's get to, uh, back to some baseball here. If we don't talk to you, I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas, and we'll be back with an episode next week.